Well, how is the uh, 10 o'clock working for you? <laughs> is that working all right? Uh, I know that there's, again, a lot of people in and out vacationing and things, uh, but um, uh, it's difficult. <laughs> Somebody's pointing over there. And, uh, but uh, it's really difficult not to have Sunday school before church. I mean, it's just like I come here and it's like, I can't be preaching just yet. I have to have Sunday school. I have to, you know. But uh, we'll return to that uh, in the fall and uh, to that schedule. But, uh, you know, it's just something to consider for the um, coming years. We'll be more, more prepared for it if it's something that you like. Uh, today, we're looking at humility. And the scripture that we're reading is in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. But instead of reading the entire text and then going back and reading it again, I'll just read it as we go through it in the, in the message. Uh, today, uh, humility. Whenever you think of being humble, um, it is a, well, basically, humility has fallen on hard times. <laughs> you know, it's, it's this idea that we have in our society. If you're not bragging, you're not, nobody's going to know what you are. And if you're not telling people how important you are, they're not going to know. And so we have this kind of a modern-day slant on um, arrogance that is supposed to somehow promote self-promotion because if you don't promote yourself, who is? And again, there's truth, you know, both, whenever you take anything and you take it to an extreme, it ends up being hurtful or not working. But humility isn't necessarily one of those things that can be taken to an extreme. Well, you know whenever people have taken humility for an, to an extreme, whenever they say, I'm humble and I want to be recognized for it. <laughs> I'm humble and I'm proud of it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh-oh, you just lost it. And so that's not at all what we think of or whatever the scripture um, scriptural context of humility. And the, the importance of understanding scriptural truth upon which we're going to build our lives and build our character. This being in church and listening to God's word or reading the scriptures, it is important that we see and understand what God is trying to tell us. Because everything that God is trying to give to us in, by the Spirit and by the Word, everything He tries to do through this is all for the betterment of our character and for the development of who we are and where we're going. Because we, you haven't arrived yet. <laughs> you have, we have not arrived at the peak of who we are as a person. We have not developed our talents enough. We have not developed our abilities enough. We have not given ourselves permission to allow the Spirit to influence enough in, in the Word of God. And what happens, I think, is we have these concepts. Basically, we think in concepts and in terms of what we have experienced. We think in concepts of what we've experienced and somewhat of what we've read. Now, it's, it's important that we understand that our thinking is limited that our understanding is limited. So how then do we move beyond who we are as an individual? How then do we move beyond that to understand what God is wanting to do in our lives? And, and you know, we can point at it and look at each one of us and how far we've come, how far we've developed in our relationship with God. Now, humility. 
okay? I always like definitions because I, I like to define things so that I understand we're all on the same page, have the own, we all have the same starting point, okay? If I say humility, what do you think of? Any, any idea? Any idea what you think? <laughs> do you have an idea what you're thinking? Whenever I say humility or being humble, what do you think of? Any, any thoughts? Most, sometimes we think of it as being, um, some people think of it as being lazy. <laughs> they just don't want to do anything. Um, some people think of humility as being a doormat. They have no spine. Here's a Dave McGeeism. <laughs> Backbone is the ability to be flexible. <laughs> you know, most of the time we think of be people with a backbone, strong-willed, tenacious, they're unyielding. No, people with a backbone are, have the ability to be flexible. And you see, we have the ability to have strength. <laughs> My back doesn't bend the way it used to. <laughs> and uh, if I bend backwards, it's all over. It just, you know, it just, it's done. I'm, I'm on, I can be on the ground. So my back isn't as flexible as it used to be. Guess what? People in their spiritual lives are inflexible because they know certain things and they refuse to see other things. And God is not done with us. You know the song we were saying? God knows the names of all the stars and he can call them by name. This is a song, but there's a theology in that. God knows the very hairs on our head, the very number of the hairs on our head. God is not overloaded with information. <laughs> he does not have an overload of information, as in, the, the, well, what's the name of that star? Well, let me think now. Uh, <laughs> well, what's, God doesn't remember the past. He doesn't see into the future. He has all knowledge. Everyone who's ever lived, everyone who ever will live, every star that's in the sky, every sparrow that flies, every blade of grass, every leaf, every, it's all knowledge to him and nothing is beyond his knowledge or his ability. So in that context, God who is supreme above all things is humble. Humble. The word humble is not thinking you are better than other people. Humility is to not think you are better than other people. So humility is, is, um, is the opposite of pride. Also, it, humility is, and I got this out of the dictionary, a disciplined strength and other-centered power. Disciplined strength. Now, whenever we think of humility, we don't think of strength. I don't, many people, I don't think, think of the idea of being strong. Humility is the ability to be strong and centered on other people. Other center power. Now, I was interested in that word, other center power. Power is the ability to act or produce an effect. So humility is the power to produce an effect in other people's lives. That doesn't fit with our concept of arrogance, or let me tell you what you should be doing. Let me, let me give you some facts here to put you in your place or mo motivate you. Humility is thinking of other people. Do not think of yourself as better than 
and that you are, you are other-centered, other-centered power, that the humility that you have has the ability to act or produce and affect Jesus, the most humble of all. And we'll see this in our text today. Jesus, in his humility, had the disciplined strength. You do not take my life, I give it. The disciplined strength and other-centered power to do good into the lives of others to produce an effect. That's humility. So whenever we are humbling ourselves before God, we are not laying flat on the ground waiting for people to walk all over us until we can't take it anymore, then we rise up and punch them. (laughs) And then we get upset for not being humble. See? And it has nothing to do with humility. Humility is strength and it is other-centered power which has the ability to influence. So here we are doing good. We're doing good in a way that the strength and the resources that God is giving to us are given to influence the lives of others not because we are better than or less than. (laughs) You know... um, I think of the, um, so, some of the socialist, socialist governments and socialist things like that, the anti-God, you know, the communism. Uh, they don't have God, but they made everybody equal. You know, it was the whole concept is that every, the all equality in the government will take care of you. So, but you don't need God. Humility is that we, no one is better than us, but no one is less than us that we are all equal. And in that equality, God is pouring into your life to, do, to have good come into your life, your abilities, your talents, your skills that produce things in order to produce an effect upon those around you. Produce an effect upon those around you so those around you are not, are not handouting. They are depend, they're not standing around waiting for handouts. You are then working in their life so God can use them to do the very same thing to others. And it ends up having a, an extremely positive effect upon communities and families and individuals and the nations because the effect is to do good in order to give take what we've got and to give and to share and to help other people come on and get on with their life. Humility. Well, Jesus, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 11, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and this is what he says. If if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made a difference in your life, so Paul's setting this up here, okay? This is very interesting. Like, if, if you, if you, if you, okay? If his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. Now, do you know how hard it is to get started with church? (laughs) <laughs> you know, in the service, you know, starts at 10 o'clock. Well, it's 10 after and Rhonda's still talking. 
Deep-spirited friends, dear. Deep-spirited friends. I'm, I'm, there's a positive effect to this. <laughs> Why is she talking? Because she genuinely cares what's going on in your life. <laughs> she genuinely cares what's going on in your life. And she'll remember it. You can tell me and I'll forget. <laughs> I care, but, you know, I don't know what, what, did you, what did you say. I don't know what they thought. I was thinking about something else. You know, but she'll come along and tell me all these things. You know, same way with the relay and same way with all those things. That there is a genuine concern and care that is there for all of these people. And she can tell you the backgrounds and all the things that went on. And, and all that makes up the history and of the person and knowing all that. And then what? Wanting to do good to produce an effect. That produces an effect upon their life. And that's the goodness that goes into our life and beginning where we share things, that it's not about an accumulation. This is what I can accumulate. And this is what I can bank. Let me, let me tear down my barns and build bigger barns because I can't contain all that I got. Well, it's about God can pour into our lives through what we are doing in a way that it has a po positive power and effect upon others as we pour into their lives. And the very thing of loving is that other Christians, other believers, are bound to the same standard as I am. So as I am giving my life, see Jesus here in this, in this, in this situation, he's saying this about your relationship with God, and be like-minded, having the same love, being in one accord. Often, we have looked at that scripture being in one accord, that everybody's got to think the same thing, everybody's got to do the same thing, everybody's got to be in agreement. No. Everybody has to be in agreement to love others above themselves. And if you love others above yourself, you will get along. <laughs> Doesn't mean you think the same thoughts doesn't mean it's always going to go your way or their way or whatever. It doesn't matter. The matter. What matters is that you be in one accord, and the one accord is loving in the same pattern that Christ loves us. We are to love others, and that we are to prefer one another above ourselves. That's the humility. The humility is that I don't have to win, but I don't have to lose. I have to be myself to share what is in my heart and mind. And then... To be in one accord means we are like-minded that we have the same love. We have the same concept. We have the same understanding of sharing and of strength. See, in our society, strength means you win. You know? And the Bible says the, the, the race is not always to the swift. The fastest runner doesn't win the race. Oh, yes, he does. I got the timer. But you know what? Fastest runner may have a bad day. <laughs> Strongest man may have a weak moment. But with God, we are in a position always to be pleasing to him, which will bring about our blessing, his blessing in our life, as we share what we are with other people. It, it, and that's our sense of why we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming back. <laughs> right, Bob? <laughs> he, 
listening to some of the programs we were talking about before church, Jesus is going to return. And it's going to be soon. And all those who are lost aren't going to make it. So we need to go out and convince them. No, we need to share what we are, what God has given us, and how that God has changed our lives, and how that God makes a difference for us. You know, um, sometimes in my jealous moments, um, I think of all the people that, and and this is a a bad thing, that um, all the people that we've helped, all the people that we've done good for, all the people that we've shared and talked to and made impacts on their life that have changed the direction of their life. And I think of all those people And if they would just come to church, we'd have a really big church, (laughs) you know? We have a lot of people in here, you know? And and then I could, could, my ego could be good, you know? (laughs) You know? What's that? Well, that's why I'm preaching on it. (laughs) Yeah. That humility is that it's not my responsibility It's my responsibility to give. It's my responsibility to give. To share what God has placed in our lives and to pour it into other people. And then they are making a difference and God makes a difference in their life wherever they are. So in my jealous moments, I have to comp, I have to come against those things to recognize it isn't about this kingdom, it's about God's kingdom and how that God is working in other people's lives to prepare them and the people they are surrounded with to get them ready for Jesus returning. Hmm. Humility is not about me or you. It is not thinking that you are better than other people. It is the disciplined strength and other-centered power A disciplined strength and other-centered power. What does it mean to give other people the strength to go through their day? By your presence, your words, your phone, your touch upon their life. What does it mean? How much influence? And you see, and it is, the, it, is your, it is God's word in you that gives them the strength. It isn't our ability to encourage. It is God's ability to strengthen through us. And it goes on. And agree with each other. Don't push your way to the front. <laughs> Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. This is Paul talking to the church of Philippi. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. It's not about me. It's about God. It's not about my strength. It's about God's strength. It's not about my talents. It's about God working through the talents that I have. And you see, well, I don't have that many. It doesn't matter how great you think your, our talents are, you know, whether they're great on the scale or small on the scale, the availability of us to God's Spirit makes all of the difference, in the, and that makes all the difference in the world. All of the difference in the world is that God is working in our life. 
And that produces an outcome. That produces a power. And it is other-centered power. And, it, and what happens is the attention goes to God and not to us. You see, this is where our, our, our humility, my humility cries out for recognition. <laughs> and, you know, and I say that from the, the context that we recognize that God is doing the work, okay? And on the one side, you know, you have the, the devil or evil. These, you see, some of the thoughts you think aren't yours. <laughs> some of the thoughts that flood into your mind don't belong to you. Some of them belong to evil. Some of them belong to good. You get to choose. See? So doing good and you know, wanting to help all the people you've helped and all that, they're not in the church. The other side over here says, see, David, if you'd have been better, they'd all be in church. <laughs> you know, if you'd have done it right, you would have influenced them for the kingdom of God and they'd all be in church, you know, and you'd have, a, you'd have this and you'd have that and on this side. And on the other side, it's, well, you know, David, who gets the glory in this? <laughs> God. Who does the work in this? God. Do you remember what you used to be, David? You know what? I could shovel manure with the best of them. <laughs> you know, I could clean out, I, I could work harder than, than anyone, I thought, you know, and cleaning out calf pens and, you know. After I left, they got a bale thrower to throw the bales in the wagon. They got a front-end loader to clean out the barn. You can tell you what I was worth. That's what I used to do, and I was good at it. <laughs> Well, that's what I used to be, but you see, what happened in the process? In our lives, what's going on in this whole process? God is transitioning us, transforming us from glory to glory, from what we were to where we are to where he wants us to be. And we are in this continual process of change, and we are hearing from both sides we are hearing from both sides about what we should do, how we should do it, and what is right and what is wrong, and what is the human. I am humble and I know it. And I'm wanting this to bring honor and glory to God. Mother Teresa, did, you, did I tell you to bring that up? Mother Teresa, bring her up. Bring her up. Here we got Mother Teresa. There she is. Now, um, we would think, you know, whenever I think of well, what does it say? As long as we make the best effort we are capable of, we cannot feel discouraged by our failures. Hmm. We cannot claim any success either. We should give God all the credit and be extremely sincere when we do. Here is a lady who was a school teacher in Calcutta, a nun, and she saw the poor on the street. She left the security of the school to take on the street. And many have considered her one of the most humble individuals in our, time per, in our time frame. But she's probably the most recognized humble person. That doesn't seem to go along, but it does because what, in her humility, she could walk into to presidents and governors and business owners and give them the direction of what she needed for there from them to serve her people that on the street. Humility would tell us, oh, you can't go tell people what you need. You can't be that forthright or that 
that courageous? No, that's where we got it wrong. That the humility creates strength to take us to see the value of what God has put in our hands to do and to do it with all of our might. And so she had no problem going into, you know, governments and, and the presidents and the, you know, leaders of nations and demanding that they do, you know, com- uh, commit themselves. And they did. And that's how she started a whole religious order and how she took care of thousands of people on the streets of Calcutta. We don't know, we don't know poverty like this. We've never even seen poverty like this. Not even in the pictures. So, do you have the Lillian Thrasher? Did you find her? This is Lillian Thrasher. She's an Assembly of God missionary. Another one of the Mother Teresas. Except she didn't get the recognition, but we support the Lillian Thrasher orphanage. And she took upon herself to care for kids. Humble, not enough, not enough ability to raise the money to fulfill her mission. But through congregations like us, she was able to reach thousands and thousands of kids that would have been lost. Pouring into people's lives to make a difference. Humility is strength, strength, strength. Okay? Strength. Humility is strength and power to invest in other people's lives. And Paul, whenever he's writing to the church at, at Philippi, he's trying to get them to see if, if your relationship with Jesus Christ has meant anything to you, if it has meant anything to you, then have a deep-spirited love, not just for the people around you, but for all those who are not with you. For all those who will never be able to repay you or darken the door of your church or give something into your life or to put anything of value back into you, it doesn't matter. It is that we have a deep-spirited love, a disciplined strength, other-centered power, a disciplined strength and love to other people. Think of yourselves the way Jesus thought of himself. Think of yourself the way that Jesus thought of himself. He had status with God. (laughs) Equal status with God. But didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. You see, think of yourself the way that God thinks of himself. Think of yourself the way God thinks of himself. God has all power. He knows the name of every star. He knows the hair on your head. He knows every person that's ever lived, every person who is living, every person who ever shall live. He knows the end from the beginning. He has the power to create with the spoken word. Think of yourself as God thinks of himself. That he did not think it less of himself to come and be exactly like you and I. He was tempted in all ways as we are. He gave up everything that should have given him status, you know, God, 
speak and the world comes into existence. He gave all of that up so that he could become like us. Why? So that we could become like him, humble and full of wisdom, strength, power. (laughs) That we could be like God, humble. You see, we, we, you know, in our thinking, if I say, I'm going to be like God, what are you going to do? I'm going to put them people where they belong, you know? (laughs) That's not humility. (laughs) I'm going to allow God to do a work in my life that will make a difference in their life. Now, it is the power to influence them without any strings attached, without any good, bad, and ugly. It's just the ability to influence. Humility. Not to think of yourself better than others, not less than others. Nobody is above me, nobody is beneath me. In the sight of God, we're all equal, and he loves us all the same. Amen? And I will close (laughs) with this thought. I got it somewhere. Who is wise? This is James 3, 13 to 16. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. (laughs) Wisdom is the application of truth. When we apply the truth of God's word to our life, let us do so. With the ability, let him show by his good life the deeds done and the humility that comes from wisdom. Wisdom is the understanding of truth applied to my life, and I have great strength and great power in the name of Jesus to make a difference in my life and in the lives of others. And it doesn't, well, if you put, invest in other people, Lillian Thrasher, all those kids, Mother Teresa, all those desolate deserted people, she was able to make a difference. In our life, we are the Mother Teresa. We are the Lillian Thrashers of our families, of our neighborhoods, of our community. And we have the power to do good. Not because we're better than, not because we're less than. We have the power and the strength to do good in their lives, to serve God humbly, Humbly, shall we stand? (laughs) Everybody say wonderful. Again. 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 (laughs) He said again. He said that bad. You see how humble I am in a minute here, buddy. (laughs) But you see, wisdom, application of truth, Be humble. Be like God. Be like God. We're not upset by the events of life. We are challenged by the events of life to apply truth to the events of life with love and care. Amen? Amen. Say wonderful. Wonderful. Amen.